This is Jackson Peterson, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Humboldt, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Farm News Time here on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have a report from Whitney Pittman, too. It may be cold, but holiday travel conditions should be good. Above average temps are in the forecast today with a very small chance of rain or snow in western and central North Dakota. Much colder conditions are expected for Thanksgiving Day with highs generally in the teens and 20s. Highs will move back into the 30s by the weekend. North Star Commodity Chief Analyst Mark Schultz thinks it's going to take some major production issues to push soybeans much above $14. Let's put it this way. We'll probably have taken off maybe five, six million metric tons off the Brazil crop. Um, but if you're going to start talking about beans going into the $14.5 price level, something like that, or higher on the futures, I think you're going to have to see yield production in somewhere in the double digit, 10 to 15 million metric tons off the crop. Otherwise, I think you're probably getting to a point that it's probably price objective is probably being met with what we have for the damage thus far. Brazil's acreage expansion will offset a lot of the expected yield reduction. And keep in mind that last year you had the devastating crop in Argentina's soybean crop where we lost uh, 20 million metric tons off of that crop. So you have to get something back being comparable of losing close to that same number out of South America one way or the other. This year likely is going to be coming out of Brazil than it is out of Argentina. Argentina's president-elect wants to tie the Argentine currency to the U.S. dollar to combat inflation. Corn Belt marketing market analyst Sam Hudson does not see that having much of an impact on the grains. Yes and no. I mean, I think it's going to relate to, you know, not having these big boons and busts in terms of supply down there. You know, it seems like hoarding has still been a, a very prominent you know, action with those farmers in that region until they you know, come up with these programs to facilitate movement. And so I think, you know, if they relax, you know, some of their quotas and export uh, regulations and taxes, I think it'll help um, the, the world be, it'll help the supplies be more accessible to the world, I guess, and instead of having, you know, it all taken off and then all put back on. So I think it'll smooth things out. Hudson does not expect big changes in Argentina. Will completely change the dynamic. I'm not really sure. It'll be interesting to see how some of these uh, geopolitical negotiations go because they are very anti-China uh, in terms of verbiage, but uh, the proof is in what they do, not really what they say. So we'll see how the rubber hits the road over the next six to 12 months. Ukraine's role as an agricultural powerhouse being threatened by the ongoing war with Russia. United Nations World Food Program is reporting 31 documented attacks on Ukrainian grain production and export facilities since mid-July. Nearly all of the damage has been on the ports and grain terminals on the Black Sea and Danube River. Before the war, Ukraine was responsible for 9% of global wheat exports, 15% of the corn, and 44% of the sunflower oil. The UN claims Ukraine may not be able to meet its domestic and export wheat demand for many years. A one-year farm bill extension is in place, but National Corn Growers Association President Harold Woolley would like to see that new farm bill passed in early 2024. You know, G.T. Thompson, the, the chair of the House Ag Committee, was talking about, you know, trying to mark up a bill in September. So I know that their committee staffs have been working on this. It's time to put it together and get it done. 
Funding will be one of the biggest challenges for this farm bill process. There are improvements that can be made, but they most of those come with a price tag. So I think that's something that needs to be sorted out. Is there going to be any additional money that we can use or you know, can we shift some of this money around? Um, that I think those are some of the challenges for the leaders in Congress that are trying to, to get a farm bill put together. The majority of this year's Canadian wheat crop graded number two or better with higher average to higher than average protein content. A report on the 2023 crops is over 90% of Canada's prairie spring red graded number one and number two with higher than average protein. Over 95% of, of Canada's western red spring wheat had the same rating. Canada, or Cereals Canada, rather, is scheduled to visit 16 countries to promote its wheat. During October, Chinese soybean imports from Brazil were up 71% year over year. Market analysts are saying Chinese demand is not growing, but Brazil has a competitive price advantage over the United States. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association President-elect Mark Isley says the Supreme Court ruling that eliminated the nexus test for determining EPA jurisdiction was a step in the right direction. We, we scored a victory with the Supreme Court decision. That gave producers some certainty. That's the thing that scared them. There was uncertainty as to what they were in trouble for or not in trouble for, if the permitting was correct or not. We still saw it as a private property or a property grab uh, by the feds. I think what we're looking at now is the way the EPA and the Corps of Engineers are trying to thread the needle and weave through things and write that the way that they think they can get the most mileage out of it. New rules could still be cause for concern. Very unhappy with that. We're following it submitting our comments, trying to steer that the way we'd like it to go. Unfortunately, if it doesn't, we'll probably end up in litigation again. But we, we think it should have been a clear message from the Supreme Court. You've got to protect producers, you've got to protect their ability, and unreasonable regulations are unnecessary. When you can find it, the cost of labor becomes a high concern for farmers and ranchers. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has that story. American Farm Bureau Chief Economist Roger Cryan says new rules for H-2A labor will become a huge problem for producers that use the program on their operations. We're very concerned about the way that the price formula just keeps going up and up. It's designed almost to go up and up. You take the average wage rate from last year and it becomes the minimum wage rate for, for, for the next year. And uh, as a bigger and bigger share of our ag labor force, our H-2A workers, that has a bigger and bigger impact on, on that ratcheting up of the price. So that is very difficult. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, the, the Department of Labor is, is instituting new requirements that all have costs. None of those are taken into account in the setting those wage rates. It's a real challenge. Cryan says to keep food production close to home, there needs to be a labor solution. America has kind of two possible futures for agriculture. One of them, if, if there's a wage rate solution, if there's an immigration solution, an H-2A program that works at a reasonable wage and, and uh, for year-round workers and for all the needs uh, that we have, we can grow anything. 
in it here. We can, you know, from Florida to Alaska, is there some place to grow absolutely anything you can think of? The other future is one where we don't provide a, a labor solution, where we end up having to cut way back on how many folks we've got working. And then at that point, all we can do is produce the things that are mechanized. We'll rely on a lot of things being imported that we are, that we produce here today. So that's really how it affects farmers. We, we want a solution that works. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Comstock Investments market analyst Joe Camp does not see this grain market turning to a choppy sideways trade. I think eventually we uh, come to a point where we could uh, either get back on this downtrend for, for corn and wheat in particular, and it's still path of least resistance and, and a lot of negativity wins out, or it's you know maybe it's still likely that it's the time of the year when we could start to turn a corner and trend higher into the end of the year. Camp says there's been more signs that that could be the case. Again, with this risk of uh, production in Brazil being diminished by the El Nino and the drier pattern there, we're seeing those signs of better export sales. So if those pick up again, and if we continue to have, uh, you know, before here recently, a really supportive outside market environment, then it can be something where all of a sudden we're starting to move higher here in a way that uh, even generates more buying because of the short covering and the repositioning from the spec crowd, which hasn't occurred yet, but still waiting for that to possibly break, uh, break loose this otherwise quiet trade for now. Archer Daniels Midland is expanding its regenerative agriculture program in Brazil. Initially, ADM will focus on three areas, fertilizer use and increased use of biological inputs, no-till farming and cover crops, and there is a new pilot program that will collect the carbon footprint on 500,000 acres in Mato Grosso do Sul in Minas Gerais. USDA Market News is now reporting the market premium for hogs raised in compliance with California's Proposition 12. These hogs are raised with specific sow housing requirements. Prop 12 takes effect at the beginning of the year, but the National Weekly Direct Swine Non-Carcass Merit Premium Report is already available. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Well, now's the time to look closely at yield maps and start to make decisions for 2024. According to AgriGold agronomist Chris Oots, looking at the data can show things you didn't necessarily notice from the cab of the combine. Cattle is one of those things, right, the year's over with, what happens? If you have a hybrid jump all over the, the yield map, if you want to call it, they're all over the board, and something's going on with that hybrid, maybe it was weather related, which we did have a lot of that going on. Um, you know, some of the things that I've seen is, okay, didn't do quite as well or it did fine or whatever, but if a hybrid didn't yield or a bean variety didn't yield, then something's going on, whether it's soil related or anything like that. Oots also expect the, uh, expressed the importance of getting soil samples done and using all the tools available to get the most out of your acres. You have so many layers in that one acre that you can stack on top of each other. You're building a database. Uh, maybe the hybrid or the variety that you're planting there is not the one that needs to be in that soil type. There are some hybrids in corn and soybeans that don't get placed correctly because maybe they don't like well wet feet because that feet 
current buzzword in farming is biologicals, but there are a lot of unknowns. There's lots of, lots of questions, right? And, and there's lots of uncertainty yet as to how they work and what makes them work and, you know, lots of questions about we're not seeing consistent results. And so it depends on what you have. There's so many different people in that market today. But I think truly in the next four to five years, a lot of that will get weeded out. That's Mosaic Senior Technical Sales Manager, Sherry Cook. Mosaic purchased a biological company a couple years ago. The strains of bacillus used by Mosaic Biosciences is done specifically for fertilizer. It also has a long shelf life. You can take a spore form living organism, basically put dormant, and we can mix it with dry fertilizer and it can stay for 18 months, which is awesome. And it's the longest shelf life that I'm aware of in the market today. And so once it gets into the soil and it reaches that moisture is what kicks it in. And so makes it more usable. Checking markets, we are a bit higher this morning. Minneapolis wheat, the Dees contract, three and a half higher at 721. Chicago wheat, December, four and three quarter higher. And we're four and a quarter better for KC wheat, the December contract. December corn, just a fraction higher, quarter penny higher at 470 and a quarter. March, even money. Soybeans for January down 11 and a quarter cents at 1366. March down 11 and a quarter. Of course, volume very, very thin here uh, during this holiday week. As we check in on the farm calendar, the 27th annual Minnesota Bison Association Legends of the Fall Show and Sale is going to be taking place this Saturday. That'll be at Central Livestock in Albany. So the the buffalo will be on display and uh, the sale going on this weekend. A program called Design Your Succession Plan for Farmers and Ranchers putting, being put on by NDSU Extension will be held in Carrington. That'll be Tuesday, December 5th. Have yourself a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.